Welcome to MRCS on the Move. Bowels, bones, and backseat vibers. I'm your host, Naomi, but this is the podcast where you do the talking. Hello and good afternoon, folks. How are we doing? I hope you are all well. I am trying something a little different today, and I'm recording whilst out on a walk. I, for some reason, decided to start recording whilst walking a hill. So I apologise if I sound a little out of breath, but I'm at a lovely little walk just outside of Manchester. The sun is shining. It's the first day I've worn shorts. Sorry, that was the gate. First way I've, day I've worn shorts this year. So things are looking up. I do hope you're ready for a little bit of learning. It's going to be a relatively short episode on calcium metabolism. So let's go on. Tell me, what is the normal level of calcium in the blood? Serum calcium. So it is 2.2 to 2.6. Fabulous. And where is calcium stored? So 99% of our calcium is stored in our bone as hydroxypalatate, apatate, sorry. And then 1% is available in the serum, the plasma. Of this 1%, 50% is ionized and unbound. 45% is bound to plasma proteins. And then the last 5% is bound to anions such as citrate and lactate. So what substances are the key ones in regulating calcium levels? So you've got your parathyroid hormone, vitamin D, and calcitonin. So we'll go through them one at a time. So your parathyroid hormone, where's it from? And what does it do? Where did it come from? What did it do? Sorry. Parathyroid hormone comes from the parathyroid gland. It's released from the chief cells in response to a low serum calcium. Um, and it acts to increase the serum calcium. So it has three main ways of doing this. The first one is its effect on the bone. So it increases osteoclastic activity via 
actually binding to osteoblasts and causes an increased activity and increased reabsorption of calcium from the bone. Then it increases the activity of alpha-1 hydroxylase, which indirectly causes an increase in calcium through an increased activation of vitamin D. Then finally, it also just causes an increased reabsorption of calcium from the blood, from the urine, sorry. So it reduces the excretion of calcium from the urine. Same time as this, it increases phosphate secretion. Finally, no, not finally, moving on. <laughs> what is the role of vitamin D? What, how does it bring about its actions? So vitamin D, again, like parathyroid, increases serum calcium levels. So it does this by increasing reabsorption of calcium from the renal tubules and absorption of calcium from the gut. It also stimulates osteoblastic activity, which helps to maintain the matrix as well as you know whilst whilst the calcium levels are being increased so finally calcitonin what does this do and where does it come from so this decreases the level of calcium so it responds to high serum calcium and is released from the parathyroid hormones, the parafollicular, apologies, hormones of the thyroid gland. It does this by inhibiting um, bone reabsorption through the inhibition of osteoclasts and it stimulates excretion of calcium at the kidneys. So there you go, parathyroid hormone, vitamin D, calcitonin are your main ones. Cracky, this hell is going on for long time I apologize for my deep breathing if this really doesn't work I will never do it again don't worry um, stick with me <laughs> stick with me I hope you can hear the birds there's some really lovely chirping chirping of the birds if anyone knows any apps that can tell you what birds are singing please tell me I would love to know okay so what are the functions of calcium So I would divide these into skeletal, cardiovascular, cellular, hematological, and muscular. So skeletal obviously um, makes up most of our skeletal structure. So it gives us that structure and support for the rest of our body. And it's a key component of our teeth. Cardiovascular is essential for cardiovascular action potentials, cardiac action potentials. Cellular 
it's an internal cellular signaling molecule and acts as a second messenger. Hematological, it is key in the clotting cascade and in uh, its regulation and function. It's actually also known as factor four. And then finally muscular, it's involved in smooth and skeletal muscle contractions. Fab. So moving on to hypercalcemia. What are the causes of hypercalcemia? Most common causes of hypercalcemia are malignancy and hyperparathyroidism. Then some other slightly rarer causes, thyrotoxicosis, sarcoid, and familial hypocalciuria hypercalcemia. So low calcium in the urine, high serum calcium. What are the consequences and features of hypercalcemia. So this is your bones, stones, moans and cyclic groans. We all know it well from medical school. I've just had to pause momentarily allow some golfers to hit their ball. Uh, very happy to not get hit. Um, need all the brain cells I can I can have. Pleasure. Have a good day. Okay, well, off we go again. So where were we? Bones, stones, cyclic moans. So bones, you get bony cysts and bone pain. Um, with moans, you get psychosis, depression. Stones, they're obviously more at risk of renal stones, nephrolithiasis. As we're talking about the kidneys, also at risk of polyuria and polydipsia. And then groans is the one referring to your abdomen. So this is abdominal pain, so grumbling abdominal pain, um, with uh, constipation. They're at more risk of peptic ulcer disease. Hypercalcemia is a cause and a risk factor for pancreatitis. So what are some ECG changes you see with hypercalcemia? So you get flattened T waves, shortened PR interval, and a prolonged QR interview, interval. <laughs> okay, key thing. What is the management for hypercalcemia? So we're talking greater than three millimoles per litre. So you need to investigate and find out what the cause is, treat the underlying cause, but they also need acutely, they need fluid resuscitation. This can be given plus or minus furosemide 
to help with the um, elimination of calcium from the kidneys. You need to monitor them from a cardiovascular point of view. In severe cases, they could require IV bisphosphonates. Um, and sometimes high-dose steroids can be given in the case of myelomas or sarcoid. Surgery, urgent surgery may be needed in the case of hyperparathyroidism. So, what are the causes of hypocalcemia? So some causes are hypoparathyroidism, most commonly iatrogenic um, after a thyroidectomy, vitamin D deficiency, so a lack of sunlight exposure, malabsorption and pancreatitis. What are some features of hypocalcemia? So you've got neuromuscular, so you get your circumoral and peripheral paresthesia, muscle cramps, tetany and convulsions, um, and delayed clotting, so because you've got your deficiency of factor four and fat calcium. What are some classic signs that you see in hypocalcemia? Apologise in advance, I have never been able to say these names, <laughs> but it's Chavosdelk's <laughs> sign, which is the twitching of the face when you tap the facial nerve, twitching of the facial muscles, and then Trosia's sign. This is when you put the blood pressure cuff on and you get spasms, tetanic spasms in the hands. So what is the management of hypocalcemia? So cardiovascular monitoring to start with, adequate fluid resuscitation. They may require 10 mils of 10% calcium gluconate, a loading dose and then some maintenance IV calcium. Or if it's mild, they can just have oral calcium supplements. Fab, it's come to the end of my brief episode. Uh, created while strolling in the uh, lovely Pennines. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll see if I post this in the end. But um, I apologise if it's rubbish. If it is, um, I will not do it again. Uh, thank you again for following and for listening. It's a pleasure and uh, happy revising. Take care all. Bye-bye. Oh, well,